Well, I have the honor of introducing a really good friend of mine, and I had him send me so that I got all the time for, uh, frame right. But uh, this is Ross McGregor, and he serves as our local missions pastor. He works with, with uh, Ben Taylor. And Ross has been on staff for five years. He started as a ministerial assistant uh, from Liberty University. And uh, we brought him in, and he did a fantastic job, so much so we said we're going to keep this guy around. Um, he got his bachelor's in Christian leadership and church ministry from Liberty, and he's currently working on a master's of divinity at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. He and his wife also serves here, Christy McGregor, and if you know anything about them, she's the better half for sure. Um, I, I, just a quick story about Christy. Uh, Christy was at Liberty, and I tried to hire her twice when I worked in the recreation ministry. I tried to hire her twice. She turned me down twice. So when she finally came to work in missions, my wife was going to this boot camp class in the gym, and she kept coming home talking about this girl that she just loved, and she was amazing. I finally said, well, what's this girl's name? She said, Christy. I said, I don't like her. Uh, anyways, uh, they're fantastic, great. I'm really excited about what Ross has got for us tonight. So, Ross, you come on up here, buddy. Hey, well, I'm super glad that you guys are here tonight, uh, and I'm excited to, to dig into the Word of God and to talk about how we can study the Word of God uh, together. Now, I'm sure some of you all have looked at your handouts and have been like, oh, goodness, this is, uh, I've only seen Pastor Steve have more blanks uh, than this guy. However, uh, I promise you that the blanks that we have, uh, some, we'll spend like 15 seconds on some of them, uh, and I'm really excited about the very end of class, we're really, we're really going to be diving into the passage of Scripture uh, that is also printed out on your table. Um, and just a, a quick correction, we are actually going to be talking about Colossians 3, verses 1 through 11, and not 12, so that was a misprint. Um, but uh, again, I'm super excited to, to be here. Uh, Josiah and Derek have both done an incredible job of walking us through practices and resources that are available to us as we study God's Word. And so what I want to do first is just kind of review a, a little bit of some of the, the high points of some of the things that Josiah and Derek both mentioned last week. So we have um, Josiah talked about observing the text, and whenever we study God's Word, we are to ask the question, what does the text say? The next step in, in, in studying the Bible is interpreting the text. Okay, so what does the text mean to the original audience? And then the third step is to apply the text. What does this mean for me slash us in our lives personally and corporately? You see, oftentimes whenever we study the Word of God, we like to jump immediately to the interpretation and the application. We just jump right into, okay, this is what this text means, and we've read it maybe once, or we've looked at one specific word within the passage of Scripture that we've looked at, but we haven't done quality observation of the text to inform our interpretation and our application. And so to accurately handle the Word of God, we have to go through this observation process, this interpretation process, and then get to that application process. Because we have to handle God's word with care and honor and reverence. Derek, last week he talked about a good Bible study. We are to read the scriptures. We are to observe it. 
ask good questions, meditate on it, and then dig deeper within it. And Derek walked through different resources that are available to us, commentaries, Bible dictionaries, um, concordances, online resources. There's a whole range of wealth of knowledge that is out there. But tonight, what I want us to really dig deeper into is the observation component of studying the Bible. And then we're going to use some of the things that we are going to observe, some of the things we need to look for, and actually put it to practice at the end of tonight. So whenever, uh, just to kind of talk through my, my points here, an accurate observation, this is uh, I think some of the first blanks here, an accurate observation will lead to an accurate interpretation which will then lead to an accurate application. You see, we don't want to mishandle the Word of God and put our own words onto what the Lord is saying by jumping out and not accurately handling the Word of God and treasuring it. Um, there was a, an author that I was reading, and he was talking about how um, uh, he used this illustration in studying God's Word, and he used this illustration of a, of a uh, a husband and a wife that were separated for a little while because of one had to travel another place. And back in that, the time, uh, they had to write letters. They couldn't uh, have the phone access or the internet access or FaceTime, you know, uh, to be able to communicate one another. So everything was by communication of letters. Well, he missed his wife. He loved his wife. And every time his wife would send him a letter, his love for his wife caused him to hang on every single word that his wife wrote. He didn't want to skip over. He didn't want to read quickly. He wanted to sit in the love that his wife had written to him. Well, so oftentimes when we treat the word of, when we look at the word of God, we treat it as just something that we got to get through. We don't hang on every single word and understand that the reason that we have this word is because the love, the love that the Lord has for us has given us access to his word, access to the gospel, access to every, his story of creation all the way to the end. And so what I want us to do tonight is to focus into observations. Um, I got another little bit of an illustration right here. So when you look at the screen here, this is a lovely car engine, all right? Uh, I am not a car guy in any shape or form at all. I uh, can look at that uh, car, and I actually Googled uh, my exact car and wanted to just see a picture of what was under the hood, and I can look at it, and I can go, you know what? That's a car engine, you know? That's, I got it. <laughs> to someone who is trained in repairing cars, to someone who is uh, effective in knowing what that is, they can give you a whole lot better detail on what is going on up there. They can tell you where the uh, air filter is. They can tell you where uh, you put the oil in and to check it and all the fluids and all the other things. And I can act like I know where it is, but I don't. Um, so oftentimes whenever we look at the Word of God, we look at it and we don't know how or where to really to begin to understand the different parts that are within it. And, you know, in this room, I've got a wide range of believers in here. I've got believers who've been studying the Word of God longer than, than I've been alive. And then I've got other uh, believers that are in here that are still fresh in their faith. But what I want us to look at tonight 
is, okay, what are the things that we can observe in Scripture within our daily devotional walk that will enrich our time with the Lord? Because the, the Bible is full of nuanced details that the Lord uses to speak to us. So we're going to begin with some practical tips, all right? So practical tips for observing. We First, we want to begin with prayer. Always begin with prayer. Even as you are observing the Word of God, pray this every day when you go into your devotional time. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instruction. We need the Lord's help as we dig into the Word of God, as we study the Word of God. The Lord wants us to hear from His Word. And so we must begin, even in our observation, with a heart and a posture of humility and wanting to see the truth of the Lord. Another practical tip, slow down, right? Pretty simple, right? But seriously, slow down, all right? Uh, I added it as a second point here just to really emphasize it. There are many times where we rush through the Word of God And if we rush through it, we're going to miss so many of the beautiful truths that are within it. And I get it. On a morning where you may be running a little bit late and you're just trying to get anything, all right, there's grace within it. But even whenever you're trying to get anything, make sure to slow your heart and your mind down to be ready to listen. Our world is filled with busyness. You wake up in the morning and you've got six notifications, maybe seven, maybe 20. I don't know what your phone looks like or what your email looks like, but immediately you are bombarded with different things that want your attention. And just like with your spouse, they want you to slow down so that you can be with them or someone that you love or a close friend, they want you to be all there with them. That's what the Lord wants from you as well, for you to slow down at the beginning, the end, the middle of your day, and just to sit in his word. So a practical step in observation is slowing down because if we don't, we're going to miss some of the beautiful things that are in the word of God. Another practical step is to reread the text. Derek last week said to reread 20 times. If you can do that, great. If you only can read it five times or six times, great. But reread it. Because the first time that you read it, um, I, I really kind of view that as a familiarization. Uh, and then beginning to reread it again is whenever we begin to notice some of these um, beautiful things within the, the text. Read the text out loud. Um, I, uh, for the longest time, did not do this, Uh, and I realized that I'm a verbal processor. I like to talk things out. I like to to brainstorm verbally, and I was kind of struggling in my Bible reading because I was reading it all in my head, and I wasn't really, like, hearing it. Well, when the Bible was first written, it was written, so we'll take about the letter to the Colossian, to the church at Colossae today. Well, it was one letter that was written to that church to be read audibly to that church. So the Word of God has a, an audible kind of nature to it that whenever we read the Word of God out loud, we can begin to hear what the author was writing, what the Lord is telling us. So if you don't do that, go to a quiet place, go to a private place and read the word of God out loud. I'll tell you some of the most fruitful, uh, I'll tell you one time in particular, I was um, 
in my office late at night, and I, I don't know why, the Lord just brought my heart to the letter of Philippians, the letter to the Philippians. And I just stayed in my office, and I read that entire uh, letter out loud. And for the first time when I heard it, I heard the Lord through Paul speaking about the sufferings, the real sufferings of Paul, but the hope that we have in Christ that I never had gotten before. I heard the pain and the anguish that Paul was in, but also the deep joy and hope that he had. So what I would encourage you to do is begin to read the word of God out loud as well as internally uh, also. Next thing I would do is break the text down into smaller sections. So whenever I I say this, I know that many of you all are in like the one-year Bible uh, uh, plan, and that is awesome. You read multiple chapters within uh, a day. You read a little bit in the Old Testament, a little bit in the New Testament, a psalm and a proverb. Uh, Continue on with that Bible reading plan. What I would encourage you to do is to, to... identify sections of the scripture that you are reading to really go back and sit down in it for a little bit and observe it and study it a little bit more. Uh, Because uh, I think going into those smaller sections uh, can really help uh, break down and you can hear from the Lord. The larger sections provide the context and the smaller sections provide important details. The next thing that we're going to give you as a practical tip is annotate. Annotate is a a word for just taking notes, scribbling, drawing it out, visualizing it. Make sure, like, that you are using the tools to draw the connections. You can only hold so much in, in your mind. But even if it's on a separate copy of the Word of God that is outside of, like, your Bible, like, printing off the Word of God like we have here that's separate from your, your physical Bible that you have. But write it out, draw it out. That's actually what we're going to be doing later in the class, so stay tuned for more details on, on how to do that. Um, but I know for me, annotating, drawing it out, writing notes really helps instill those truths of Scripture within my heart. So we're going to go into the, the big 20 points on the back of specifically what we are to look at and look for when we are observing a text. I took a lot of this information from a textbook called Grasping God's Word. Uh, It is a great textbook. Uh, I wish I could say that I am an original person and that I thought of all these things late at night, but I didn't. I used a resource that the Lord gave me. Um, And so this is a textbook. It is a thick book, um, but they have done a great job of helping uh, Bible learners of every walk of life understand and grasp God's words. And so I wanted to give them due credit. It is by Scott Duvall and Daniel Hayes. So observation, what are we looking for? The repetition of words. That is one of the easiest things that we can look for in a text. Oftentimes, the repetition of words show the focus of the text. So if you're reading a a small passage of scripture and all of a sudden you start seeing comfort listed six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Okay, well, the passage is probably going to be about comfort, Um, not going to be about much else, because that is the emphasis that that Paul and the Lord is wanting, or whoever the author is, is wanting us to get to. So pay attention to those. When you're studying your, your word, circle them. 
circle them and see how and count how many times those words are repeated. Look at contrasts. Look at the if there is intentional pointing out of differences or a complete difference in one aspect of, of the, the word and another aspect, it's there for a reason. There are differences oftentimes whenever we see the new life and the old life, the old self, the new self, walking in light, walking in dark. Those contrasts are there. So then on the, the same note, there are comparisons that we can see within Scripture, those comparisons that, that bring us together. What I would also encourage us to do, and some of these things are going to be like, yeah, we know I'm Ross. Other things we're going, to, we're going to talk about a little bit more, and you may feel like you're back in English 101 for a little bit, and I'm going to be honest with you, I hated English 101, but it's, well, it, studying the Word of God, it's good to, to pay attention to the language. Uh, um, so another thing that we want to notice is lists. If there are more than two items that are listed, take note of it. Even within the scripture that we're going to study tonight, um, I'll open it up. There are, there's a list that is specifically in there. Okay, well, what do we do with that list? Well, let's look and, and see. Okay, well, all of these are, are grouped together in one category. What is that category that the author writes in? Okay, let's, let's summarize it real quick, but then let's look at that list. And tonight we'll see in the, the passage that we have, these are things that we don't want to be in our lives. So it's a great place to begin to pray, Lord, remove some of these things that are a part of this list that we see within Scripture. Continuing on, we have a cause and effect. Oftentimes when we look at Scripture, we can see um, key words that give us clues to a cause and effect. Now, this is not always the case at all. Uh, because we can see cause and effect relationships even without these words specifically listed here. So, but we can see that because Christ did this, we see this in our life, right? So these are things that we can look for. Let's note them, okay? Let, whenever we're writing them out, whenever we're studying the Word of God, let's note them. Figures of speech, it's imagery to assist us in relating. The Bible is full of it. The, the, the well-known passage of the Word of God is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I can pick up my Bible right now, and if this room were to be completely blacked out, and I held my Bible down to my feet, I would still not be able to see anything in this room, right? <laughs> it doesn't actually illuminate anything. However, why was that those specific words used? Why were those specific words used? Well, it gives us a picture that we relate to emotionally. Okay, it makes sense that the Word of God is a lamp unto my feet. That means it shows me direction. It's a light unto my path. It's, not, it's going to lead me in the right way. So the Bible is filled with figures of speech that, we are, that are there intentionally so that we can relate to it emotionally and understand it a little bit better. Conjunctions. This is where it sounds like an English class, so sorry about it. Um, but conjunctions are very important. I think about the conjunction but specifically. Okay, well, when you see the word but, it's that connection, but there's a contrast there. Okay, automatically, and you think about in your normal language, you know, when you say but, there's typically something else that is added to it. 
Well, that's also in the Word of God as well. It's language. It's the way that God designed it. So sorry, there's conjunctions throughout the Bible. But pay attention to them because there are important truths to them. Um, Verbs. Verbs, and even as I've studied even the, the passage that we're going through tonight, that is where I feel like even the richness of the text is uh, within the, the study. Okay, so let's talk about verbs for just a second. I'm going to sit on this one. Is it a past, present, or future verb? Let's focus on those three there. So oftentimes, whenever we rush through the Word of God, we use language and we read the language and we don't really pay attention to some of the, the deep theological truths that are just written in past, present, and future tense, right? Because you'll see tonight that, okay, you have been raised with Christ. Okay, that was a past tense. We were raised with Christ. But not only that is it was a past tense verb, but it's also a passive verb. You see, passive verbs are often indicate what God has done for us in Scripture. That means we didn't do it. We were the object of it. So we received it. So in the passage that we have tonight, you have been raised with Christ. That means God raised you. Somebody had to raise you. What deep, rich truth there of that by not, we didn't arise with Christ. We have been raised God had to do that. We cannot do that on our own. That right there, think of how beautiful that truth is. And that's just four words out of our text tonight. See, that's what we, why we slow down. That's why we pay attention to the, the specific words that were used. Then, is it a command? Okay? Is the author telling the audience to do something? Okay, well, let's make a note of it. Is, it, is he telling to set your, your mind on this, which he is in the passage tonight? Um, and so is that something that we should apply even into our life? So what I would encourage you to do is as you're reading, take notes of those. Continuing on, pronouns. Find the antecedent. That is also another English 101 word there. <laughs> I couldn't find a better word. I tried. Pronouns, that, the antecedent, find what it is, okay? So in the passage, it's going to have it. What is it? Um, who is he? Who is she? Um, understand, sometimes pronouns can get very confusing, uh, if we're being honest. Even in talking with someone in English, there are some, uh, some folks, and I even do it as a bad uh, habit. I, I blame it on the South a little bit, and I'm from the South. If I will use pronouns, and I'm talking to someone, and I'm talking, well, that didn't work because that wasn't right, and that wasn't fixing it. And I'm, the person that I'm talking to is like, what in the world? Are, you've got three different that's in that sentence, and I don't know which that you want me to pay attention to. Right now, and I'm looking at around the room, and you had a person in your mind that you thought of that uses language like that. Okay, like that. All right, so now we're going to pay attention to all the pronouns. What's helpful when we're studying the Word of God is if all of a sudden you can't remember, okay, who is the he in this passage, or what is the it in that passage, pause for a moment and trace it down. Okay, because it's probably listed earlier. It is listed earlier in there. Um, so track it down so that you can better understand the word of God and the truth that, that he is communicating to you. Questions and answers. 
These are typically used to build an argument or express a point. We see it all throughout Paul's letter in the New Testament. Okay, I'm, I'm currently reading uh, in Romans, and in Romans chapter 6, verse 15, he says, What then? Should we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Absolutely not. Okay, Paul asks a question and then com- answers it right there. The paragraph following is all about how we don't have to live. We should not sin because we are under the law. So pay attention, even though we're not under the law. So pay attention to where those questions and answers are, because typically what's following is going to be to support that argument or that point that, that the Lord and that the author is trying to make. The next is dialogue. Keep track of who is saying what. Uh, This can be very confusing, especially whenever you're in the Old Testament uh, and you've got narratives going on. So you've got the stories of the people in the Old Testament and you've got dialogue going back and forth. And you're like, okay, who's talking right now? (laughs) You know, who's who? (laughs) I'm okay. this is great. I'm hearing some resonating like, yep, I've been there. And you're just like scratching your head and like, I'm lost. Take some time. Identify who is saying what statement, especially when there is dialogue. The next one is means. All right, identify, it identifies how something is accomplished. Um, so for example, with this one, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, it, it says, I pray that he, talking about the Lord, I pray that he may grant according to the riches of his glory for you to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. So that last part there, through his spirit, is very important. It tells us the means by which we are to be strengthened. It tells us how we are to grow and be strengthened in his power and the knowledge of him. So pay attention to, okay, the, is, there, uh, is the author, is the Lord telling me how I'm supposed to improve or how I'm supposed to grow in this area? Oftentimes it's by the spirit. Um, so the next one, we're going to keep on moving because I want us to dig into the word tonight. Purpose slash result statements. So it often describes the reason. The key words to, to look at is so that. So I tell you this so that you may grow or that you may correct behavior. It's all throughout the scriptures. The next one is general to specific and specific to general. This is, um, I just wanted to let you guys know about this one because sometimes within a passage of scripture, uh, at the beginning of a paragraph, you can have a very general statement and then falling underneath that statement on, in the paragraph are very specific breakdowns of what the Lord is wanting you to hear, what the author is saying. And other times it's flip-flopped. All of a sudden, Paul's going into a very specific set of things that we need to do or things to hear, and then at the end is a general statement. So no, just like with anything that you read, there is structure to it. Try to identify that structure. Conditional clauses, if-then statements, okay? If this is done, then this will happen. So for example, 1 John 1.6 if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. So within that passage here, there's no then explicitly stated, but here's the, the if part of it. 
If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, then we lie and do not live out the truth. Okay, if we continue to say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness and still walk in darkness, then we are lying. And we are not walking in the truth. It takes a second for us to sit in that. It takes a second for that to truly get down into our heart and meditate on it. But the Lord has placed these types of conditional things throughout His Scripture that give us insight to how we are to live, how we are to receive and to walk His blessings and to walk in obedience with Him. Uh, another example is, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Okay, let's just insert then there for a second. If you love me, then you will obey my commandments. That right there is another conditional clause that is throughout there. The tone of a passage. The words contribute to the feel of the text. So I'm going to read you a passage out of Galatians real quick. And you will quickly identify a different type of tone than what we will have in our passage tonight. So I'm going to read out of Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And it begins with this. You foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by the Spirit, are you now finishing in the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing, if in fact it was for nothing? So then, does God give you a spirit of, uh, and work of miracles among you by your doing the works of the law? Or is it believing what you heard? So, key words that give us insight to Paul's tone that he wants to communicate. The very first verse, you foolish Galatians. Okay, that is a very passionate, very like grab your attention type language that, that's there. If I get, if I got a, a letter from Pastor Steve that said directly to me that said, you foolish Ross, all of a sudden, I'm setting up in attention and going, oh no, what is going on? I'm about to, to hear it, you know? I'm listening, I'm paying attention. In the passage tonight, Paul takes a completely different tone. He is more explanatory, more calm, more kind of exp like taking a little bit more time to really walk through it. The, the tone is real. The tone of the text is real. Let it impact the way that you read the Word of God, especially if you read it out loud, that's where you can hear a lot of the tone of the text, because when you're reading it out loud, you can't ignore some of those emotional words and phrases that are used that naturally create a tone within a text. We're almost there, folks. <laughs> Connections to other paragraphs and stories. How does it fit within the broader context? Um, that is why proof texting is so um, wrong, uh, for lack of a better word. Whenever you take a passage out of the context that it is in, you show, um, you're taking out the, different, the other parts that it's connected to. Within a, any letter or within any book, there is a structure to it. There's connections. There are chapters that go from one to the next, and they build on each other, and they move from topic to topic. 
um, treat the word of God in that way of, okay, well, what was, the, what was Paul talking about in the, the paragraph before? Okay, was well, it connecting to this paragraph here? Um, and is there a way that this is connected? And even in the stories of Scripture, okay, you think about um, the, the book of Ruth, right? The book of Ruth, its context, its kind of purpose within Scripture is to set the stage for David, King David. The Lord uses the book of Ruth to teach us incredible truths, but it also sets the stage for the coming of King David and prepping the scene for that, right? The stories within Scripture are connected to one another. Identify those connections. Shifts in the story. Does the focus or the person or the topic change? Um, you know, in uh, the book of Romans, after verse, uh, after chapter uh, 8, it goes into the sovereignty of the Lord. After chapter 11, it goes into how we are to live uh, within, as Christians. In chapter 13, it talks about how we are to live under uh, the government structure. There are different topics. Just notice those and, and take note of it, because sometimes we switch topics. Uh, the, the author does. Next, opening and closing statements. Oftentimes, you'll find throughout the scriptures that at the beginning of a topic and at the end of the topic, there's a very similar statement that gives you a, a context clue for knowing, okay, this uh, kind of chapter or this topic or this, you know, truth is, is wrapping up and we're moving on to something else. So that's just something for you all to note. Um, the next thing is as much as possible. I did not give you everything that you can, can identify within Scripture. Uh, I can't. Because every time you read it, the Lord will reveal to you something completely new, new to me. Not new to him, though. New to me. Um, something that I need to hear. So what I would encourage you to do is begin noticing everything, trying to notice everything, beginning your time in the Word of Lord, review, uh, reveal the truths that you have in your instruction to me, because He wants to do that. And here's what, what I know happens when we observe a text. Oftentimes, we don't have to do much explaining after we observe a text properly. Because when we observe a text, when we go in and we begin to notice these things that we've talked about, it's literally just like the Spirit is speaking directly to you. You don't really have much commentary to add to it because you're just soaking in it so much that it's, it is literally like the Word of God is speaking to you. And because it is. Um, so here's what I want us to do next. Here's a couple of things that I want us to think about. After observing or just quickly on this, what I would do is I would write a summary interpretation statement because sometimes we can, uh, it's not in your notes and I apologize, sometimes we can observe so much and we're like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this now? Sometimes it's good to write an interpretive statement like, okay, Paul was writing to the church of Colossae to encourage them against false truths about Christ. Like that, that would have, the passage that we discussed last week, that could have been an interpretive summary statement because that's what Paul really hit hard um, uh, within that passage. And then write an application statement. It helps kind of bring it in home uh, for us of, okay, 
this is what the author intended to the audience. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to take from it specifically? How can I apply it to my life and to our lives? So let's practice, all right? So on your uh, tables here, I have intentionally printed out the the text of Scripture that we're going to be working through tonight. It is intentionally 3.0 space, because what I am asking you to do in between the lines is to annotate on this passage, or in this together, okay? So what I want you to do is I want you, over every single verb, right, if it's past, present, future, passive, draw out and draw arrows to the connections and the, the comparisons and the contrast. You're going to think I'm assigning you homework right now and that you're back in grade school. But I'm telling you, once you begin doing it, the Word of God just kind of re- like opens your eyes to so much. We'll come back, and then I'll show you exactly. Uh, I'll kind of display how I do it, uh, and then you can go. And it's, uh, yes, ma'am? Oh. I'm so sorry. There we go. I apologize because I didn't have the blanks. I want to give so much time to the, the practice, and, so I, and I've been talking for a while now, so I apologize. <laughs> so, so underlining, making notes, um, one of the helpful things that I do is, is putting brackets around the list. That way I can visually see it, and, and it kind of stands distinct, of, distinct that, okay, here's the beginning of the list, here's the end of the list. Um, if you have other colors, pens and things, you can use that as well. Uh, but we'll come back in just a little bit and then go over uh, the passage. Okay, I am going to bring us back in for these next uh, few minutes. And uh, I have hooked up my handy-dandy iPad um, real quick. And uh, I wish I could make it bigger um, because I know in the back it can be hard to read, but you can follow uh, on, your, uh, on your sheets there. I'm hoping, and it's been cool to even walk around uh, and see so many people like have their, have their page of the Word of God, you know, have the, the notes on it, identifying and everything like that. And, and I need you to know my prayer uh, the entire time for the last couple of weeks in preparation for this day is my hope was that during that time, that the Lord would spark in somebody's heart just an overwhelming love for the Word uh, because they were able to see it in a different way. The truth still being the same, but all of a sudden identifying things that they've never seen before. And so what I want to do just for the next few minutes, just really quickly, uh, is kind of show you what um, I I would do and how I would uh, kind of identify this first, is first I would go through and I would read uh, this passage uh, just outright. And I'm only going to focus in on the first four verses for us tonight. It says, therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So let's just, one of the very first things that that I want to do is, is read it and take a look at the verbs there. 
So like I said earlier, um, it, the very first verse that we're looking at, it says, you have been raised with Christ. So that was a past uh, verb and a passive. Okay, so we were raised with Christ. The next one we see, keep seeking. Okay, so that's a command there. Keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is. Okay, well that is is also a verb. So let's, let's note that there. Okay, that's a present verb. Christ is presently seated at the right hand of God. So set your mind. Okay, another command. Let's just write it out. On the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died. That's another past verb there. So let's note that. Just right above it. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. Our life is currently. That is a present verb there. When Christ, who is our life, so presently, we're just going to put a P there for the moment, is revealed. So when Christ is revealed, that is a future one. That, that is a horrible way of writing future, but you get the point. And to make, because it's a little bit separate there, and I could easily get confused, I'm going to underline when Christ and just draw an arrow over there. So that way I can quickly remember, okay, when Christ Christ is, is the person that we're talking about, is revealed, then you also will be revealed. So that's a future. I could do a whole sermon right there on just looking at those verbs. Because right there we talk about because we have been raised with Christ, God raised us, now I am to seek the things that are above where Christ currently is. His present presence is at the right hand of God. The command to set my mind on the things that are above. Because I have died, and where my life is, which is Christ, it is hidden in God. And then when Christ is revealed, I will also be revealed. The beauty of the verbs there, and even just identifying the tenses there, show us so it's, it's incredible. I can keep going. All right, so, um, but I'm going to keep identifying something else. Um, because I have uh, the ability to change colors here, I'm going to change colors. Uh, if I don't, then, well, I'll get creative. Um, so, right here, I see if, if you have been raised with Christ, then, okay? That, I kind of identify that as a cause effect there. Because I have been raised with Christ, because that is the truth there, that is the cause, the effect should be that I am to seek the Lord. Because I was raised, the effect now should be I am to seek the things that are above. So I noticed that. Um, also, uh, I see some repeating uh, words here just even at the beginning, so I'm just going to highlight them. That way I can see it. So right there, I see the, the things that are above, and then I see the things that are above, but then I see, wait, there's another, the things that are on earth. So things are repeated there, but I see in the middle here, I see a contrast. So there's a difference between the things that are above and the things that are on earth. And here's what I love, even within this, is that whenever we seek the things that are above, that is where Christ is. We've been raised with Christ. Our mind is to be set on Him. 
and not on what's around us. Christ is where our mind is to be because that's where our life is. That's where the very moment where you are raised from the dead, being raised from Christ, your life immediately went up with him at the right hand of the Father. And so our mind, though we are here on this earth, is to be set up on where our entire life is. That's so beautiful there. We've just read the text like five times there, right? And every time there was something deeper, there was something more beautiful within it. Also something else that I noticed within it uh, and I'll make it a different color. We have, um, um, I have a cheat sheet over here. I've done it separately, so that's why I can do it quickly. Um, so it took me a little bit longer to, to get there, so I'll just go on ahead and reveal that. We have with Christ here and then with him as well. I just kind of noticed that um, as well because what, what I see is that we are not separated from Christ at any point. We've been raised with Christ here at the beginning. See, I missed it even at the, the beginning. With Christ, whenever we were raised, we are, our life is currently with Christ, and our life will be with Christ when he is revealed in glory. We have the past, the present, and the future all there with Christ. I could go into the other uh, ten verses or so, or seven verses, and I'm, and I'm hoping that you all did. Um, I asked you to, so great, if you did. <laughs> but whenever you go down here, you see our, there are some lists that are connected to our earthly body. And that's, uh, so we have our earthly body here. And that's the thing that we're not supposed to set our mind on, right? So then all of a sudden we got a list of things that we got to pay attention to that are associated with our earthly body that because we are with Christ now, we're not supposed to have in our life. I'm, I'm going to have to wrap up. I could, again, go through this entire text. The Word of God is beautiful. You can't do that in five minutes. You can't do that in 30 seconds. The Lord speaks to you in five minutes. The Lord speaks to you and uses those moments of quickness. But I want you to know is that you can do this in your quiet time. You can do this in your daily walk. And I guarantee you that the Lord is going to speak to you. And, and if you're in a cold spot, like with, with meeting with the Lord, that's real. We get into to, to moments where it's just kind of like monotony and you're like, okay, Lord, I, I can't hear your voice. Maybe practice this. And maybe he'll start speaking to you in a way that you haven't heard in a long time because you're treasuring his word deeply. Let me pray us out. Father, I come to you right now, and Father, I thank you for the treasure that your word is. And Father, I thank you that it truly is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And Father, I thank you that even as we've studied this word tonight, that we have been raised with you. And that you raised us. We couldn't raise ourselves, but you raised us. And right now, our very life is hidden with Christ, with you. And I thank you that in the future, that when Christ is revealed, that our life will be right there with him. And that we will also be revealed with him in glory. And we thank you that your word says that. 
So, Father, as we continue on with our life here on this earth, help us to keep seeking the things that are above. Help us to set our minds on the things that are above where Christ is. So, Father, we set our mind on you. We set our heart on you. Father, I pray that as we dig into your word, will you speak to us Speak to the parts that seem cold. Speak to the, heart, the parts of us that seem dead. And use your word to bring life. 